Welcome to the Pack is Back podcast, brought to you by the Seawolf for Life Foundation, Synergy Capital Solutions, and Proudmouth. In this podcast, we will provide regular updates on what is happening, what's to come, and how alumni players continue to support community, connections, and contributions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack is Back podcast. I am your host, David Valliere, and actually super excited um, to bring on our guest today. Traditionally, we have on Coach Shazby to give us some hockey updates and and with us just kind of having some, you know, everybody's busy during the holidays and um, I have some catch up to do on uh, getting everybody updated on hockey stuff. But uh, with that, we're actually bringing on Kevin Murdoch today assistant coach at UAA. Um, Kevin, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So since we haven't had you on and um, we've done a lot of talking with, you know, alumni and Shaz, all that, let's take a few minutes here and just kind of get to know you if that's cool. So with that, just tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about you personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm Kevin Murdoch and the assistant coach here. Um, Shaz hired me on see just over a year ago now around thanksgiving time last year to kind of help help things out here but originally i'm i'm originally from florida so that's a little bit a little bit different ending up is probably about as far away from home as i could possibly get see from there i i played my i feel like i played my youth hockey at shattuck st mary's in minnesota um played three years in the ushl for the lincoln stars which actually same place that uh shaz had played for uh, at least a year and a half. So, um, and then I, I went on to play my college hockey at Lake Superior State University. As far as coaching goes, once I got done playing, I played a year of pro hockey after uh, I graduated college and I started coaching at a prep school in Ohio uh, named Gilmore Academy. Um, from there, I went on to coach in North Iowa in the NA3. Um, I was there for about three years. And then from there, I, I actually became the head coach of the Kenai River Brown Bears down in Kenai River for two years. And then, um, at the beginning of last season, I, I left Kenai to go back to North Iowa to kind of help them as they transitioned from the NA three to the NA. So, um, and then I got this opportunity. So I guess since, since then I've just been, uh, I guess last year I, I spent most of my time in Minnesota, um, just trying to help recruit as much as I could. And then, um, this year I've kind of been all over the place. So nice to be back up in Alaska and get to spend some time here again. Absolutely. Well, I, I actually did the opposite of you. I grew up in Anchorage or Eagle River, went to Chugiak High School, but I now live in Naples, Florida. So, okay. <laughs> you and I are on a, a exact opposite tracks here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and when you were coaching in Iowa, you were in, is that Mason City? Yep, that's Mason City. Okay. Okay. A quick sidebar on that. One of the coldest games I ever played was in Mason City. I was playing for Waterloo at the time and we went up there. Um, well, their compressor broke. So okay. they thought, well, we've got this big game coming in. So they just left the Zam doors, all the doors open all day to keep the ice cold. <laughs> and so this wind is, it was basically an outdoor game. It was so cold, but it was a cool experience. And, um, you know, I loved playing uh, my junior days there uh in iowa so very cool yeah. very cool yeah that does not surprise me at all with that that old rink there yeah i mean there was there was days in the middle of the winter that we had to cancel practice because it would be i mean if it was negative 20 outside it was negative 20 inside yeah and 
I can't imagine the guys wanted to be on the ice for it, but more specifically us coaches were like, yeah, we can afford to take a day off. It's (laughs) like, it's it's miserable in here. Nobody gets hit by a puck today. That's okay. Yeah. You're like, my lips might stick to the whistle today. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Well, welcome to the show. We're really glad to have you here. Maybe tell us a little bit about your role um, on the the coaching staff, and then we'll 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 transition over to some of the uh, game updates. Yeah. Um, so as far as uh, my role on the coaching staff, uh, I think recently I, I've kind of taken over a little bit more responsibilities uh, with the penalty kill and stuff. But during games, um, I run the forwards uh, or run that end of the bench for things. And um, I guess with that, I I try to spend as much time as I can. You know, trying to help the forwards out, whether it's, you know, when we do a 4D split in practice, I'll I'll try to take them and run through video with some of the forwards uh, during the week whenever they whenever they need it. Um, and then I guess on top of that as well, um, I guess I wouldn't say I do the bulk of the recruiting, but as far as being on the road and logging the miles, I guess I've done more of that. Um, yeah, you're the face like, of recruiting right now. Yeah, a little bit. So I've, yeah. I've had a couple of crazy, crazy recruiting trips just trying to you know if you if if you fly out of state it's kind of and you're planning on doing it anyways it's kind of nice to stay and prolong some of those trips so um like when we were out east here after christmas i we were in uh lowell and then maine and then i i took off and i went to ontario for the next week and just got back last night and um before we went and played northern michigan i had another kind of a long one there where i went to alberta for a few days and then to british columbia and then unfortunately couldn't get a flight into Marquette. So I had to fly into Chicago and drive up to, to Marquette for the game. So, Oh my gosh. I don't yeah. know anybody that regularly gets a flight in or out of Marquette, but that's no, I'm, no, I was like, I, I could get a flight in, but I wasn't going to actually be able to be there for the games. Yeah. So and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel your pain there. I feel your pain. <laughs> well, listen, our, so we have, we've only put out our first six podcasts. We released them in December. So we're, you know, we're getting this thing rolling here. But as I mentioned, kind of on the intro, we have not recorded for the month of December. So we're about, you know, five, six weeks here um, without a recording. So we got a lot of hockey to get updated on. Let me take us back to the beginning of December. I know Simon Fraser was in town uh, at the Seawolf Sports Complex. Fill us on in on those games and maybe tell us a little bit about the atmosphere uh, there in the sports complex. Yeah. Um, so the Simon Fraser games, they went fairly well for us. Um, I think like those games and, and the ones against some of the club teams that we played this year, it's kind of been a good opportunity for our guys to, I mean, play maybe a little bit different level of competition, but get to, you know, do some things a little bit differently that hopefully here in the coming years that we'll be able to kind of transition to our day-to-day game. But for now with some of our tough opponents, uh, kind of good for us to play a team like Simon Fraser, who's who's still a good team that competes really hard and defends really well, um, but gives us the opportunity to maybe play with the puck a little bit more. And kind of we've been, you know, there for a while. The first half of the year we were struggling to score some goals. So working on that stuff in practice and then having an opponent where we had the puck on our stick a little bit more and had an opportunity to try to, you know, create some different offensive looks that we've been um, working on throughout practice. So that was good. I, I think on Friday night, I believe the score was five, nothing. Um, and then on Saturday it was two, nothing. And I think the Saturday score, I, obviously it was nice to get, get shutouts, both games. Um, 
But I mean, I thought like, obviously our goaltending played well in order for that to happen, but I thought our, our guys did a really good job just being responsible the entire game while still trying to generate offense. Um, which for us is obviously something that we have to be mindful of here, especially when we play some of the, some of the bigger name schools, uh, some of the schools with a little bit more talent than, than a team like Simon Frazier. So, um, I thought they were, they were both pretty beneficial. It was nice to, to get those two wins and have two shutouts and, you know, get to play in front of a completely full, uh, Sewell sports complex. So, um, which has been really nice to have pretty much all of our home games so far this year. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've gotten some buzz from, you know, talking to different alumni and, um, the word on the street is it's very difficult to get tickets. Tell us a little bit about the atmosphere there at the complex. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I mean, obviously those bleachers across from the bench are constantly full. I, I mean, step out there and just to watch warmups for a few minutes and generally almost completely full at that point. So, but I mean, it's awesome with, with the cowbells and everybody being involved. And I mean, you can tell that there's like, there's the passion for Seawolf hockey and hopefully continue moving forward here. We, we can continue to put together some pretty good home, home weekends and home games and performances on the ice that, you know, make people want to keep showing up and, keep being a part of it and keep supporting the program. So, um, but yeah, with the student section as well as has been pretty good. I know, um, the head of the student body has requested a few different things with getting bleachers or some places for people to stand and sit over there. But, um, just being able to look down our bench into their bench and seeing, you know, a bunch of co- crazy college kids, just giving it to their, their team right next to their bench is actually, it's actually nice it. to see. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Little trivia for you, I because you didn't play at UAA. Like when I played, they used. To, you remember they had the whole like in Detroit, you could throw, you know, yeah, the octopus on oh, the. Thank you, or, the octopus yeah. on the. Well, so we started replicating that at UAA, and so they were letting people bring fish in and toss them on after the first home game, um, and you know we went out and I. I I can't remember if it was on power play or something, but I'm a lefty. So I scored and then I rotated to the right. Sure enough, right into the student section. And here comes like like a 15-pound salmon at my head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, they, I mean, sure, I think a couple years after that, they were like, all right, maybe this is a liability issue. We'll take that off the table. But I love that student section. Uh, it's a huge part of, of the environment. So very cool. All right, let's transition to the Fairbanks games. I know we're doing the Governor's Cup. Maybe fill listeners in because a lot of us are not, you know, in the state. Um, I know we've we've got four games under our belt with Fairbanks and a couple more coming up. Is are all six games included in in the Governor's Cup, or was it just this four game series? Fill us in and then give us some color on how those games went. Yeah, so it's all six games against them this year. Uh, we're for the Governor's Cup, and these first four didn't go great. I mean, I think. Obviously, the result wasn't wasn't anything close to what we were looking for. But I think, in terms of this kind of being a a season with everybody new, including staff and players, and trying to figure some stuff out, I I do think it was beneficial um, in terms of being able to learn and and pick up some things from a from a school that's in a similar situation to us, and m- maybe how they play and you know how their rosters built, seeing it in person. So, um, like those first two games up there, we lost. Lost Friday five to two with the fifth one being an empty netter, and then Saturday we lost uh, seven to two, which um, 
we did not, we did not play particularly well at all. And I think, I think it's just a combination of obviously, I mean, it's our shortest road trip of the year, but having to go play on an Olympic sheet of ice after not having seen it since we played Northern. And, and even once we went up to Northern, uh, you know, that Friday game at Northern didn't go particularly well, losing nine to one. So I think we, we struggled with that and we struggled to make the adjustments necessary um, from Friday to Saturday night. Um, but then flipping the page to coming back the next weekend, we lost uh, four nothing and four to one, but they were both games were very close. Both games were, you know, if we could have broke through and capitalized on a scoring chance or two, things might have been differently or the games might have ended differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like on Saturday, they scored a power play goal with like three minutes to go to make it one, nothing. And then, um, we actually had a couple of chances late with the goalie pulled and we just couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. So, I mean, but they're, they're a good team. And I think people are starting to kind of take notice of them a little bit, just with, um, some of the non-conference wins they've had since Christmas against, um, Denver and Notre Dame. And I mean, even before some of their games where they've taken Penn state, who's a team in the top five and some other school schools, the, to overtime or had one goal games with them. So, and you, and you can see why, like they're, they're very good defensively. Um, they're very opportunistic. They have a pretty good power play. So um, it's one of those games where it's like, if you make, if you make mistakes or make too many mistakes, they're going to find a way to capitalize. And um, I thought transitioning from the weekend up in Fairbanks down to the weekend here, um, we did a much better job of limiting mistakes. We just didn't do a good enough job capitalizing on our opportunities offensively. Very cool. All right. Good deal. So um, we we went through a little rough patch there, but then turned around, went to UMass Lowell and had some success. Tell us about that. Yeah, those those two games in Lowell were great. Um, Friday was a four to two win. And I think I think we surprised a lot of people with that one. I mean, we were we were pretty opportunistic. We we gave up. I mean, the shots on goal, I think, were 50 to 13 but i think a lot of that was our our unwillingness to want to get get the puck on net there that first game and the other part i think we sometimes make life a little bit harder than ourselves with some of the rebounds and different things we give up um but i thought the guys played well um our freshman goalie jared whale played that game um and made those 50 saves or whatever it was um and played played really well and then we got just some timely scoring and you know, guys getting opportunities and find a way to put the puck in the back of that kind of what we had been missing that previous series against UAF. Um, and then to come back Saturday um, and pick up a 3-2 a win, um, a game where, I mean, we were up 3-1 to one at the halfway point in the game. And I think Chaz and I kind of looked at each other because we had joked about the night before. We were like, what's the longest lead we've had so far this year? <laughs> and all of a sudden we're up, we're up by two goals halfway point in the game. And we're like, all right, well, this is this is going to be it, I guess. There so it is. <laughs> just try to figure out a way to kind of make the game as boring as possible there for the second half and hold on to the the lead. And they scored with, I want to say they scored with you know twelve fourteen minutes left to make it a three two game. So you know got a little hairy there towards the end, but um, Nolan Kent played that one for us, and our guys did a really good job adjusting. And um, I think the shots on goal were, I mean, twenty five to twenty or something like that. So they were, they were pretty close. It was a, it wasn't as lopsided in the shot department as the previous, the previous night. So, um, but I, I thought our guys did a really good job adjusting and then doing a really good job, just kind of selling out to hold on to the, the two points at the end of the night. 
which is huge on the road against a, a nationally ranked team. And then take it the next weekend. You go to Maine, a couple of close games there. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so the two games in Maine, they were games where we just, I mean, I wouldn't say we carried the play at any one point in time, but there were games that we just kept ourselves in the entire time. Uh, that Friday game, losing one nothing with 20 seconds left on a, kind of a fluky goal where they threw a puck to the net and I think it hit off somebody's pants and bounced right to a guy and he just shot it, shot it into the net with 20 seconds to go. Um, and then on Saturday night, I mean, scoring or them scoring to go up three to two with, I think it was like six minutes left in the game. And then us coming down and scoring with three minutes left in the game to tie it up again and get to overtime. And then um, kind of a weird situation overtime with broken stick and, um, it being our first time in overtime that year, I don't think we were maybe as prepared as we, we could have been, but yeah, I think overall, like it, it was nice to see us come back after, after having some success against Lowell and putting in two pretty good performances again, in terms of just, you know, maybe the light bulbs going on and we're turning the corner and, you know, maybe, maybe things are starting to click a little bit more and we're starting to kind of figure out, figure out how to play these games and, and have consistently have close games against higher end opponents. So, um, yeah, both, both games this there, that, that trip out East there went, went fairly well for us. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like the three, four overtime loss, some, some big character showed up there. You go down late in the third fight to come back. That's huge. Come back yep. with three minutes left. A lot of character there. That's really cool. Awesome. So, uh, tell us what's right ahead and then let, let's wrap it up for today. Yeah, so uh, we're kind of down, kind of down to the final stretch of our our season. It's a little weird. Um, just with, we have some pretty big gaps here. So our next our next games are against Fairbanks. It's a home and home. The twenty seventh is at home, and then the twenty eighth is at Fairbanks. Um, and then we have a big gap, almost an entire month um, before we go out to, or we're flying into New York, and we're going to play UConn. Um, on a Thursday, and then we play Long Island University Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and then jump back on a plane Wednesday morning and fly back to Alaska to play ASU Friday, Saturday, March third and fourth, and then uh, we we end the season the following weekend, the March tenth and eleventh, against Lindenwood at home as well. So we're kind of down to this final stretch, but it's it's kind of weird just with some of the gaps in the schedule and um, trying to keep our guys focused on. I mean, taking advantage of the gaps in the schedule to continue to want to get better, not to get distracted and, you know, worry about other stuff. But it will be it'll be a good one here down to the stretch where we play those final final eight games or whatever it is in a matter of a three week span or two and a half week span. So um, should be a good one. Well, and it might play to your advantage if there's any injuries, um, just a time to get healthy and uh, get mentally prepared for the last push yeah very cool well, yeah knock on wood no no injuries right now we, oh, we yeah, got those we, yeah we got those all out of the way when we had games every weekend the first half so <laughs> <laughs> well good deal well listen we we want to have you back on i know the alumni and fans love to hear from coaching staff uh and i think we're all excited about what's going on it's great to have a team back on the ice and um, you know, wins and losses will take care of themselves as we, as we continue to, to push the, the program forward. So, uh, really glad you're a part of it. So thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
And for listeners, you know, we're we're always looking for new and creative ideas. Uh, as we've said in the past, we'd love to have uh, more alumni come on and and share their story, what they've been doing since UAA, and um, and fill us in. I can't tell you how many guys I run into on the road that are you know talking about the podcast and um, wanting to you know either get their line mates on or former roommates, and so. Um, we're excited, always looking for new ideas. So uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us um, on the website. You can access us on the website um, at seawolfhockeyalumni.com. And with that, uh, we will end today's conversation. We wish you well, and we look forward to catching you again uh, in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pack is Back podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow the show and share it with your friends and family.